They used to be rock stars. They used to be cool. They used to stride the earth as gods among men. Now, they host a podcast. This, this is, is Rock and Roll, Roll Refugees. Welcome to Rock and Roll Refugees Podcast. I'm John. And I am not Odorous Arungus, who has passed on to the end of time. Yeah. Did I ever tell you the, the Guar story about how I one day, this was years ago, this was when he, when he was still alive, where I was just like, I thought, like, I just out of nowhere thought about Guar, and I was like, I got to see if Guar is still around, because if they are, I should probably see them before they're all gone. Right. And, um... So long story short, I went home, looked up. They were coming to Raleigh where I was living like in three months. And so I was like, I'm buying tickets. So I got tickets <laughs> two weeks before the show. Um, they were going through Canada and their guitar, That's when player, their guitar player died. overdosed. No, he had a heart attack. I, right. <laughs> yeah. No, he this basically like from I, I was reading about this. Yeah, this he week. had he had a heart attack from too many drugs. No, he had a heart attack <laughs> from fat. Like he, he was a big dude. <laughs> um but uh so anyway, whatever. He um he was dead and I was like, Oh, I'm not gonna see Guar. Yep, I did see Guar. You know why? They just put another guy in the suit. That's the cool thing. It's, yeah, they missed it's, two it's like tour the dates. football next man up mentality. They missed two tour dates and that is what we talk about on this podcast. <laughs> we, hey, kids, did your guitar player drop dead at a border those, crossing? Yeah, those stories that happen to bands. <laughs> those stories that uh, bands can commiserate about. Dude, they even replaced Odorous. Like, they have a new singer. I know, I know. <laughs> He's a mad like, Viking. So the the takeaway from that is bands like Guar, bands like um, Slipknot, well, dude, look at the even the Rolling Stones did it though. Their guitar player was found swimming upside down in a pool. Yeah, and they replaced him. I mean, that's more interesting because I was going to say if you wear suits, then your band can go on forever because you just put someone else in a suit. It's like the Blue Man Group, but like metal as fuck. Even Kiss, it would not. So I guarantee at some point. Oh, dude, yeah, totally. There Kiss, have been shows where nobody from Kiss was actually on. Stage. Well, yeah, I'm sure that's <laughs> happened, but I guarantee at one point the guys in Kiss are not even going to be in Kiss anymore, and it's just going to be other dudes dressed up as Kiss. Do you think they'll be lip syncing, or will they just be the greatest? No, kiss it's going to be ever? because it's going to be like it, it's it's going. It, my take on it is it's going to be like kiss this entity, and like it's not just like a cover band because it's going to have to be you know um, these players are going to have to be curated. You know, like we have the best. <laughs> we but, have the but best. Right, but I mean, at what point do you just become like a tribute band? Well, they already are a tribute band to themselves. themselves. So. Yeah, all, I mean, that's clear. Um, but yeah, I mean, at some point, I think it'll just be like other dudes who are KISS. So we have not, it's been it's been like a little while since we've done this. Actually, we missed a month. Um, and we didn't put an episode out in April. We missed that. Um, but... Um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, that was when I got called away to a galaxy far, far away, also known as the home of Alan Freed, Scottsdale. Okay. Where I narrowly missed but, because like, he had a, a softball game. We, I mean, right now we're recording this one. This one's, I mean, it's like, you know, it's into May um, where the, this one's going to come out like in a couple of days. But like the last time you and I sat here and recorded, it was, I think, February with Tony Luca. I think Tony Luca was, so was the last a long time, time we ago. Were, yeah. um, well, the one anyway. we're doing today, we had had scheduled a couple of times. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so our, our guest on this episode, our guests uh, are the Native Howl, the band the Native Howl. And, you know, as it is, it's like it's pretty difficult just for you and I to find time to do this. Now we've got like uh, they they wanted all four of the guys to to be a part of this. And I was like, all right, let's do it. But, you know, coordinating essentially six schedules <laughs> you know, is, right. is kind of difficult. So what ended up happening is um, it was only two of the guys, uh, Jake and Chandler from the Native Howl and myself. I went out there and I talked with those guys. So now here we are, you and me talking about like... Talk, talking about <laughs> you talking to them. Yeah, yeah. So um, now how did, how did you hear about the Native Howl? Was it, did I... Send you a, I think a link you sent said, me the the link, the link to Thunderhead, I think. Yeah. You actually sent it to me. So for anyone who hasn't um, listened to the Native Howl, I mean, I, what kind of blew me away is that they essentially, I mean, they're an independent band from here in Michigan, um, way north of Detroit. That's like out in there. Like oh, it was the not that far north. Stop being a baby. Okay. Um, but... Thrashgrass is like how they described like the sound on on the song Thunderhead, and they essentially. I mean, to me, I was blown away that they kind of invented this well, style. I'm not of music. only blown away by it, but like listening to them um, talk about their influences and to go from the things that influence them to what their sound is. Yeah, it, it, it's a hell of a leap, but it's a good leap. Like I, I was very impressed with like what their backgrounds are, and in fact. Um, the gentleman that you spoke to who claimed to be a bass player and a banjo player both turned out to be guitar players. But you yeah. Know, um, <laughs> yeah. Why is it that every guitar player thinks they can play freaking bass? Uh, I mean, he can. Well, I mean, you because, can, but he can. It's <laughs> because guitars have six strings and basses have four. So. Right, but they're bigger and you have to be more precise with them. So you know, your tiny little guitar player hands okay. are not qualified to sully our instruments. Okay. All right. What? <laughs> <laughs> bass player, man. I got to stand for something. Um, all right. So, <laughs> but it, seriously, like I was like based on what their influences are and, um, you know, just being like more of, you know, like prog rock guys and metal guys and being into things like that and to take that and go, we're going to do something completely original, which is tough enough to do yeah. in the 21st century, but to yeah. do something original because you can be original does not necessarily mean it's going to be good. That's oh, that's I that's have done sure. some very original things in bands prior to meeting you. Mm-hmm. That does not mean they were good. <laughs> um, you know, the other thing that like I think is really cool about the Native Howl is that, um, or maybe it's it, it, okay. We've talked a lot about uh, about like how the internet has killed the independent music. Uh, actually, star. it's really killed. The commercial music. Well, star. good point. Like the big, the big, you know, industrial corporate. Yeah, music good point. Is gone. It, it's killed the rock star for sure, but it's opened up like it's opened doors for independent bands. Well, it, that's it, what it, it's opened doors that really haven't been opened since the right. '80s with but the it's college like, rock phenomenon. But it opened so many it doors. Opened every door. It opened the like, all of them. Yeah, it opened all the doors. Yeah. So now, like, finding like a really cool band is 
is kind of in a, in a way more difficult because there are so many independent bands. Yeah, and bands. You know, it's like um, I read a lot. I think mm-hmm. you know that about me, but yeah. I, I spend a lot. Of, I, I have a Kindle because at some point you will physically run out of room for books in your home. Yeah. So my wife made me buy a Kindle. Uh-huh. But the thing is, like the, the Kindle store, it's full of books. But you can't tell if they're, and this is neither a good thing or a bad thing, but you can't tell if it's an independent release or if it's like by a big publishing house. Right. The problem is anybody can, you can push a book right. to Kindle. And the problem is like the thing that most independent releases of any kind are sorely lacking in is editing and production. And you see that a lot with a lot of these books that people are uh-huh. putting on Kindle is it might be a good idea, but there's no editing, there's no real formatting because they're just kind of doing it on their own, which is badass. Right. But you lose that little bit of outside guidance that I think any project needs because you get too close to them, which is where exactly you find guys like these in that, in that giant swirl of stuff. And yeah. you find a band like this who stand out so much. Yes. And what I think is cool, though, is, is the, that the internet has allowed this independent band to you know put out a video and get 12 million views on it you know they've had 12 million views on their thunderhead video they've had over a hundred thousand shares like that's well and they've they've kind of you know without any sort of major label they've kind of created like they created this, their own buzz yes and, that's and honestly awesome. they did it with and and I mean this in the best way possible with an epically clickbait title to the video. Yes. Hey, check these dudes out playing thrash bluegrass. You right. Know, and, yeah. What is it? They mixed like they mixed bluegrass bluegrass with thrash metal. Right. And it was like a Holy total shit. It, it was a total clickbait. <laughs> title. Yeah. But it but that's why clickbait works. Yep. Because clearly we can see mm-hmm. what the end result of that was. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, we're going to get to that uh, that interview really quick, um, but I forgot. I got to tell you a story about, um, about like, a gig that I was a part of um, last week. It was not – I didn't actually play – well, I did a little bit, but I didn't actually play in the gig. But, you know, as I've mentioned before, I run a music school now, so, like, I encourage these kids to – go off and have misadventures of their own. <laughs> so you were suffering the consequences of dragging another generation into this. Yes, sir. Okay. What do you got? Yes, sir. Um, so, you know, we do this like a few times a year with the students where we'll put together a rock show. And so the students are in bands and they perform and, and um, you know, it's a good time. Um, but so I, um, it was uh, last Sunday was the, was the performance and Friday evening i got a text from two of the kids in one of the bands who were supposed to play okay and they're like yeah we don't we're not feeling so good about this performance <laughs> we're not gonna do it okay <laughs> this is like you know this is two days before and they're just gonna quit they're just gonna quit yeah okay. they've got like they're supposed to be playing three songs with other you know other members right, so in this they've band literally hosed other people too yeah just, they're just like know. nah we don't want to do it. And so I'm like, <laughs> that doesn't know. <laughs> like, this is me sitting on my rant about lazy millennials. So. <laughs> dude, and I, I hate to say it, but you're, I think you're right on this one because the two guys in question, they're a little bit old. Like this band is, they're teens, right? Teenage boys. 
And the yeah, two guys, some of your students are pretty young, aren't they? Like, yeah, some of I got a story about one of those too. Okay, <laughs> okay, I don't um, want to jump ahead then. Yeah, so these these guys are teenage boys, and so like there's some there's some kids in this group that are 16, and these these two guys in particular I think are 18, right? So they're not in high school anymore, and um, I think like have had they. I think their parents still pay for like their lessons and everything, okay. but I don't know how involved their parents are because if it were me, it'd be like, no, you're going to do this. Yeah, yeah, there right? wouldn't, there wouldn't be an op- there, yeah, there's the no parents, option. The there. parents would say like, no, you're doing this because you committed to doing this. But I think they kind of slipped through the cracks, you know, because they're they're like they're at that age where like maybe they didn't even tell their parents that they're doing this in this, the first place, this right. performance, yeah. this gig. Right. Or, um, or maybe they're just that age where like, there aren't a whole lot of real consequences for stuff because you can, <laughs> you're still living at your parents' house. Dude, you know what I mean? When we were 18, oh, I know. Still living at home, there weren't exactly a whole lot of, I know, like, I know. Like, so the golden rule for us, for me was don't burn the fucking house down while we're not home. I right? hear you. That was about it. You know? I hear you. But so like, I, I've been doing this with, with kids. I was thinking about it. I've been doing this for eight years, putting together like these kind of performances yeah. for students. And, um, this has never, ever happened. So this ever. is the first this time the you've first had kids time, bail. It's the first time anyone's ever said like, no, I'm not going to do it. So that was Friday. Which is weird because they're paying for Like that's part of the experience. Exactly. Exactly. So that was Friday. By Saturday, I had convinced one of them on a plan B. And he's okay. like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back in. I'll do it. And then by Sunday, I still hadn't heard from the other one. And so, oh, and all this go, happens via text, by, right, by the yeah. way, of course. You know, and so. How many complete sentences over the course right, of three days exactly. of texting were there? Yeah, only mine. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so um, then Sunday, it's Sunday morning. Sunday afternoon's the performance. Sunday morning, like, the one kid who I hadn't heard from, I was like, dude, I texted him, are you going to do this or what? You know? And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just not feeling confident. Uh, I don't, I don't think I'm going to do it. Not going to do it. You know? And so then the, the oh, other okay. one that I convinced, he texted me soon thereafter and he's like, Hey, the other dude's not doing it. Um, so what's the plan? And I'm like, well, I came up with a plan C. I was like, well, how about this? You still want to do it. These other dudes in the band, they're still going to do it. How about this as a plan C? And he's like, nope, not into it. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) I was thinking just like, well, why did you even ask me what the plan was? (laughs) When you were clearly already out the door. Yeah, yeah. So, so... Those kids didn't do it, but um, yeah, I do had I did have some like some younger kids like doing their first performance, mm-hmm. and these kids were like. So was this the older kids? Was it their first performance too? No, or? they had done these per- before. They, Seriously? Yeah, they'd performed together before as the same group. It was really messed up. That's that's pretty strange. Yeah. So um, <sighs> so the younger today. kids, the younger kids, they're like, I think ten about ten to twelve years old. Okay. They were doing, this is like their, their first gig. And um, I'm not exactly sure what happened. One of the guitar players, he was, um, first song went awesome. Second song, he's having a little rough time with something. I heard some wrong notes, weird mm-hmm. chords. I didn't know if he was out of tune or what. But um, they had a near train wreck in the middle of When I Come Around by Green Day. <laughs> um, they pulled it all back together, and they didn't train wreck, but it was a near train wreck. And then come to find out, like, I didn't see this firsthand, but 
like the one kid who was having the like the weird the weird the weird noises and whatever was going on, he like he walked off the stage crying. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I'm like, I don't know what to do with <laughs> I don't know what to do with a band when they cry. You know what I mean? <laughs> These are not things that I've learned. So I had two experiences where I'm like, this has never happened to me before. <laughs> oh. Well, I think uh, the law of averages would dictate eventually you will see everything. Hopefully you got it like out of I don't know. the school system for the year. Like, it's just know, like, I'm, I'm barely qualified to be an uncle, much less a parent. So I'm not oh. really sure what you do with crying children, but I don't <laughs> know. Like at a rock show? I mean, I'm not gonna lie. We both know you and I have collectively both played badly enough that we probably oh, yeah. should have walked off the stage crying. Yes. Usually, we were too drunk to care. Maybe that's why we didn't cry. <laughs> um, <but laughs> usually, the too drunk to care the, it goes the, hand in hand with the poor. The shows, missed but. lesson was me buying this kid a beer. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a little bit young for the yeah. tray full of uh, Jägermeister yeah, shots, right. John. Oh. Um. All right, so how do we segue out of crying at gigs <laughs> into this interview with the, with uh, Jake and Chandler from the Native Howl? How do we do that? On British TV, they'd have a bloke come out from the curtain and say, now for something completely different, and it would fade to black. Yep, let's do that. Here it is. For the benefit of our listeners, um, Chandler, why don't you say hi so they can kind of you know key into your voice. Hey, what's up? I'm Chandler. I play bass and sing for the Native Howl and maybe even a little guitar. From time to time. And Jake? Hi, this is Jake from the Native Howl. I play banjo and guitar and uh, sing, and a little harmonica, too. And uh, Alex and Josh are not with us. but um, So you guys all sing, though, right? <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, Alex and, uh, and I sing lead on a lot of the songs, although Josh sings um, lead on Hurricane, the last song in Thrashgrass. And a couple of the new ones, and yeah. then Chandler actually is taking lead on some of the new ones we've been writing too. So, yeah. so you mentioned thrash grass, thrash grass, and I mean, I guess before we get kind of too far in, I definitely wanted to talk about that. Um, but uh, it, so for our regular listeners, they know that normally Jason is here with me doing these, you know, w- when we do these interviews, mm-hmm. but um, he couldn't be here today. So I, I just wanted to read to you two guys what this this text that he had sent me um when you know i asked him well is there anything that you think i should ask these guys or i should be talking to them about and because i want to i want you to hear like his exact words (laughs) they were like he says he says i've been trying to think of a nice way to ask if people thought they were fucking nuts when they described what kind of music they wanted to play (laughs) and he's like there's there's a there's a way to do it and not come off as a dick right (laughs) So yeah, I think I you it. just did it. I guess. <laughs> so you guys, your your sound, your sound is described as thrash grass. So I mean, give me some insight as to I guess like where, how you came about the the name thrash grass and and like what, how you would describe it. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, it really is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. Uh, just a mixture of thrash metal and bluegrass. And your answer is, yeah, people do look at me like I'm nuts when I tell <laughs> them that I play like, thrash grass. People but, online all the time, like with their Thunderhead video, they're like, there's so many comments of like, these guys are insane. Yeah. Like a lot of people call us the madmen from the mitten. Like, Well, so right. you mentioned the Thunderhead video and that, I mean, 
I'll be I'll be straight up honest with you guys. That's how I heard about you guys. Probably right. like you know, however many millions of other people have heard about yeah, you most. is that Thunderhead video because. Um, I mean, w- w- did you just like sponsor it on on Facebook? Is that what happened, and and it kind of took off? Well, yeah. my my recollection of it is, um, I mean, we made this this music video for Thunderhead, and and we kind of just it, it wasn't like we weren't intending on anything to really happen from it. We just were like, oh, we should do a music video, mm-hmm. and then um, we made it and we put it out, and we thought it was pretty good, and then I just like went to bed Sunday night and woke up and I was like, what the hell? This thing is like yeah. blowing up. I mean, wow. and, woke up and, with what, like 25,000 views overnight. Um, like yeah. On, it, well, on the yeah, viral. it was pretty crazy. It, yeah. It was like, it started to grow like exponentially. And I remember like texting my girlfriend, Katie and being like, Hey, like this thing is like at 14,000 views. Like it's going viral, like joking kind of. And like then, we were uh, pumped at 14,000. Yeah. yeah. Cause the, cause the idea was too, we did the video and, uh, it was great. You know, we, we finished it in a more or less a weekend. We had done one night during the week, that rain scene when we were just frozen to the bone, but we, uh, we finished it in a weekend and it wasn't the video really that actually took off at the beginning. It was actually a, uh, a 30 second clip that we took of the very last bit of the song yeah and it said on the top holy shit these guys mixed bluegrass and thrash metal yeah, and yeah. that was actually what really went viral right uh-huh and uh then you know people were directed to the video right okay yeah. so is i mean is that like was that your doing like the mix i mean did you guys do that that 30 second clip saying they mixed thrash metal with bluegrass um so our our business partner uh at at the record label that that we kind of own yeah is uh he he's the one that made it his name's joe horse he he kind of does like the marketing for us and and he mixed all of our albums and Uh he actually shot this next video that we're working on too so cool cool um because i i mean when in listening to in listening to your sound i mean to me it sounds like kind of all the best elements of bluegrass, metal, punk, and outlaw country. That's, I mean, to me, that was, I don't know if I'm missing anything that you guys kind of. I mean, yeah, for, I think on Thrashgrass, yeah. And I mean, you'll, you'll see with a lot of the new stuff, which is going down another path really, but man, we have a lot of elements in, in our, our stuff. I mean, the new stuff is darker even at times but you know we've 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 got such a wide spectrum of sounds we're trying to get out yeah but for the thrash grass sound yeah that i think mm-hmm. more or less right with prague too prague seems to be getting a little more entwined in some of them okay too, with thrash grass okay right yeah. prague with banjo <laughs> it's it's a challenge, let me tell you. Or as we call it, Prague grass. They're like, okay, let's just like take You're this same put grass line at the end of everything. Yeah. <laughs> right. Progress. <laughs> We're making progress. <laughs> Jazz grass. <laughs> Jazz grass. <laughs> nice, nice. Um well yeah, and I I've listened to um and this is where I'm kind of I'm kind of bummed that Jason isn't here because He's really gotten into your music, and he—he, I mean, he loves it. So he's kind of dug a little bit deeper than I have. Um, But the stuff that I've listened to, like even your older stuff, I was like, this doesn't sound like that video I saw. But it's still, you know, it's still got like all these cool elements in it. So um, 
I, I guess I can only imagine kind of where you're going from there. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, we kind of have like on each album, like cause, so we, we released three different pieces so far: the Revolution's Dead and Nakshuk, and then Thrashgrass. And uh, I think with every one, it's kind of redefined the genre a little bit because uh-huh. uh, the first one was just pretty much straight like acoustic and folk and even there right. was like a little bit of experimental world kind of stuff in there and then and then we were like hey let's mix in uh, some bass and drums and and do a nuckshuck and kind of make it more of like a journey and and kind of that was a little bit all over the place really. uh-huh. and then thrashgrass we just uh we had this idea and we loved bluegrass and thrash metal and we we're like let's do this and so this next album is going to have elements of thrashgrass along with some other stuff that we've been working on do yeah, you, basically because because everyone's latched on to to Thunderhead and that thrashgrass sound. Do you guys feel compelled to like? All right, well that's our that's our shtick now. That's that's our, the, like, that's, yeah, that's tough our thing. Is like, I mean, we of course know and we want to keep doing thrashgrass. Of course, you know right, we yeah, love yeah. it. We love it. But at the same time, we have a lot more stuff we love and that we want to do. So I think it's like this middle road, really, you know, where we want to do it, but we also want to do a lot of other stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of other stuff that people still haven't heard, the genres that we've already got in the bag right now that are ready to record. And not only that, like, uh, before the Thunderhead video hit, we had an entire album of, like, non-thrashgrass stuff written. And so we we were just gonna put that out but then we were like well we should make more of the stuff you know and it's we we always planned on making another one but it was going to be the album after this one yeah right um so we had the songs we just hadn't really worked on them much but so the point i'm getting at is that when we would play live we had all these new songs that people loved live but it wasn't thrashgrass and it still had a heavy element that was acoustic yeah but in a little bit different direction maybe more of like the the doom metal kind of section of of where yeah. um, Americana and and metal meet. So yeah. I think I don't know. And, and I think even I think even uh, a little deeper, like actually deeper, more artsy songs sometimes, where they're actually the lyrical content is personal sometimes, and it's a really about life in the world and humans, you know about relationships whatever struggle yeah and um so i think that a lot of that newer stuff has that a bit more depth even whereas people we really want people to listen to it and you know sit back after like damn like that hit that hit me you know yeah yeah well really I, connect with people that was i think that's if i'm if i'm understanding you correctly that's the when i listened i i thought outlaw country you know and mm-hmm. and if, if that's what you're talking about those stories that are like really like kind of compelling i mean to me that's why i i listen to outlaw country is because i'm like all right what's gonna happen next (laughs) you know Uh, i'm like i'm in it for the next verse you know who's gonna get killed who's gonna you know right right. and and jake you had mentioned that you know you were you'd written all these new songs and and at the live shows people were really enjoying them um i guess have you noticed like kind of any sort of shift in in people who come to your shows now because obviously you know as bands do you've got your following and you've got your you know your core group of fans who um you know they're they like your music they want to see you play and then now all of a sudden you've got like this 
internet sensation, right? And <laughs> and so people are going to show up maybe to see like thrash grass and you know the it, it's it's the typical like I, <laughs> I don't mean this in a bad way, but it's kind of the typical people who would go to see a, a concert of a one hit wonder, right? And they, yeah, they right. want to well, see well, right the song now, they know, it, it, the right. songs they know, right, right. Which we've got to cater to to an extent. I mean, for sure. Like, but I guess the the better question then is is like, have you noticed like more people are coming to the shows because of because of the the video? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for sure. I think the last show we played, there were a couple of people who came up and said, "Oh man, we saw you guys online and had to come see you play live." And I mean, there was someone who drove down from Buffalo, New York, to see us yeah. in Detroit. Wow. I mean, it's like four and a half, five hour yeah, drive. And, uh, yeah. Uh huh. But I will say um, a lot of them that that make it out, like especially the ones from Buffalo, dove into our entire catalog, and so they. Yeah, I remember asking cool. them what their favorite song were, what their favorite songs were, and it was uh, "Follow Me" and "Vermin," which is "Vermin" is like a, an different. acoustic, like Black Sabbathy metal kind uh-huh. of thing. Yeah. It's not thrashgrass, but yeah. well, and, it, cool. and, and it's cool to see. At, at the shows that you can almost spot like different, which I, which I love about what we do. And it makes it interesting for not only us really makes it more interesting for us, but the fans too, is that the different kinds of people in the different, you know, cause we do have the metal side. We have the bluegrass and all these different elements. Yeah. So it's cool to see like when I'm like, ah, that guy's a metalhead. <laughs> like that, that guy's like, guy in the country, you know, and like all these weird meldings, but it's awesome. Yeah. of just like different backgrounds and yeah. different kinds of people. Melting pot of a fan. Base. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool <laughs> because it's, it's always good to see like different genres kind of coerce and come together. I, I guess one other question related to that. Um, so I mean, Jake, you you play banjo, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm guessing like you've been playing bluegrass for a while, <laughs> or uh, is, or is it yeah. like did you get a banjo and decide to play bluegrass? Well, uh, I've I've been into bluegrass for a little while, uh-huh. uh, but no, I I'm new to the banjo for sure. I I actually learned how to play the banjo for the song Thunderhead. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I've been playing guitar for a long time, but we were at a bluegrass festival in Wheatland when Alex came up with Thunderhead. Yeah. And um, he originally wanted me to play guitar on it, and, and I was just like, I really think that banjo would sound cool on this. So he had a banjo laying around, and I picked it up, and uh, he had a book along with it. Uh, it was like the Earl Scruggs, uh, you know, banjo book, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and I just uh, dove into it and and uh, wrote something for it. But, nice. Yeah, I mean, I've been influenced by like uh, old Crow Medicine show for a long time. Oh, okay. You know, those were All right. my okay. All that right. That was my thing. Got it. Got it. And then Chandler, what about you? Influences? Oh man, I mean, you kind of seem like I'm getting the metal vibe from you. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. No, yeah, for sure. I, I'm a metalhead, man. I, I mean, I like a lot, but yeah, metal is my favorite. It uh, always has. I think it always will be. Yeah, I'll be straight up with you. I, I, I don't, I don't listen to that much bluegrass. I like it, uh-huh. but um, yeah, I like, I love metal and um, rock, progressive rock, especially now, classical folk. Uh-huh. But but metal mainly like old school metal and progressive metal and rock yeah cool yeah cool cool so um, you know I was telling you guys uh, before we started um, that I mean what we 
really like to get into on this podcast after we kind of, you know, do the housekeeping and and make nice right. and talk about music oh. <laughs> is we we want to hear like we like to hear stories about I mean basically misadventures, you know, like stories of like just shit going wrong because you play in a band because as we know, <laughs> if you're in a band, you know, shit hits the fan. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So uh what, I mean any any like weird touring stories or or like or Yeah, we got them. I mean, do you want to go first? <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. Well, um the one for one that for me was a for me was a uh was a uh memorable one was my first show with the Howl because I I uh, joined back about two years ago, and we've been a band since 2013, so like in 2015. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's when I was actually moving out to Colorado that summer. Okay. And so the guys asked me to join the band, actually right here in this very room we're sitting in, Jake and Alex. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we had I had known all, everybody in the band for a while. And uh, so, you know, I was like, hell yeah, of course, you know. Uh, so anyways, long story short. I was moving to Colorado, but yeah, we yeah. Had, they had a gig before then in Chicago. So it was about five hours from us. And uh, so we went out there. I did one gig, and literally the next morning I had to leave for Colorado. Yeah. And then so it was like a three and a half months, three months time I was out there working at a music festival. So, you know, we get out there and, you know, I like – I get all my stuff together and I had never played bass. I'm a guitarist by trade. Oh, so just oh. like Jake on banjo, <laughs> I had only been playing out. bass for, <laughs> for two and a half months or something. <laughs> but you know, I played classical guitar, so my fingers worked. Right, right. right, okay. right yeah, yeah. So it was our, an all right thing. But so we get over there and you know, we're in a Thai restaurant where it's BYOB. Like you just bring fifths of <laughs> yeah, vodka right. and beer in. Yeah. So we're in this Thai and they have like Mozart playing and we're <laughs> drinking <laughs> shitty beer. This is in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we do that show and um, yeah, I mean, after that, like it was, you know, it was okay, I guess, for free show. For, I felt okay. Yeah. And then, but I had to jump on a Greyhound at like midnight in Chicago and the wildest, just the wildest people around there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just like some wild peeps. <laughs> so, and we're going back to D town, you know, Detroit. So there's yeah. some characters for sure. And, uh, we're driving and the driver, he, he's getting real pissy with everybody on the bus. Like people are going like, whoa, whoa. He was dozing off, so he'd like holy shit. The Greyhound, he'd doze <laughs> off, and we'd start going off the road, and I'd wake up, and oh, we're on the bumps, you know, on the road bumps, and it would wake everybody up, and people started getting in disarray and walking up to him, going, "What are you? What are you doing? Pull over, pull over!" He, goes, he gets on the intercom, and he's like, "I will pull the bus over if you do not quiet down. I got it under control." Sure enough, ten minutes later, we are like off the freeway. Oh my god. <laughs> We're off the freeway, and I'm trying to get to Colorado in the morning after my first show. So at the you're band. by like, your you're by yourself though, right? You were yeah. Coming, okay, I got it. All right, and I'm next to, I'm, dude. I couldn't even. I'd try to like. I'd close my eyes, and every 15 minutes, somebody would be like, Psst. <laughs> they'd tap me and go, "Hey man, you get we get Wi-Fi in here, <laughs> dude." <laughs> I don't know. We're on a bus. I assume not, but who knows? But anyway, so we get back and uh, the guy, the guy just kept threatening the whole time to throw me down. So I get back and I just jumped in my car with a zillion. You know, it just looked like I was living in it. Just headed out to Colorado that morning. That so you played. So you played one gig with the band, then left town 
for yep. Colorado for what three months? For three months, so? and I just worked on the music and got got accustomed to the bass of it. Wow! Okay. And uh, came back, and we just <laughs> went gung ho. You know, and out there, I mean, I was in Aspen. It was just a wonderland, magical. Yeah, it really was. Like not to sound cheesy, but that place was gorgeous i love it out there nice so it nice. was cool you know having like you know it was just a good time in my life you know joining the band and being out in a beautiful place you know yeah and nearly being killed in a in a bus accident right, right. <laughs> or a bus definitely an exciting time yeah yeah <laughs> nice yeah so nice. that was fun yeah the things you'll do to uh i mean to play a gig you know it was one gig it was in chicago was i mean was that was there more like was there more motivation for you because it was an out of town gig to be like, yeah, I'll do this, and then I'll 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 take a bus back to Detroit, <laughs> and then I'll pretty much, you know, turn around and go back where I just was. I yeah, went to West again. <laughs> I mean, for I would have gone wherever, you know. Like it yeah. was cool that it was out of town for sure. Like it's a cool story to say, like, yeah, first show was in a different state. Yeah, right. But I would have gone anywhere, you know, uh -huh. like as long as I could have been back to leave. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, yep, cool. Um. So I thought I heard you guys say something about like exploding amps or like. Oh right, yeah. Uh, so this was uh, uh, his, Chandler's bass amp. I'm I'm an electrical engineer. I, I went to school for electrical engineering actually. Okay. And um, and so you would think that I know what I'm doing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let him but fool I, you. He yeah, does. <laughs> I guess I've faked my way, you know, through it so far, but. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, so he was just playing, and then all of a sudden in practice, it was like the day before we were supposed to go to the loft in Lansing and play a big show. We were supposed to open for Psycho, Psycho Stick, Stick which, it, mm -hmm. which at the time was like one of the biggest bands that we've opened for. Yeah. And they're still a big band. They're doing really well. But uh, we were like, damn it, because his his amp, we need we need that amp because he has this pedal that goes with it, and it just like adds so much balls to a lot of our songs yeah and uh and so i was like damn it i'm gonna fix this thing i took it into work and i think i worked on that like the entire time at work and i ordered <laughs> yeah, i remember you called i had me, to yeah. like order these special capacitors in from china and like this like solder paste and all this crazy stuff and what i'm like of, oh. what kind of amp is it just, just so it's a, it's a behringer oh not okay. not the greatest yeah. you know but they, they yeah, have cheap they're parts, like but they're right. like yeah 200 amps so, yeah yeah but we didn't have any money at the time uh -huh. like 200 dollars seems like it's <laughs> unattainable right but yeah so so i was just do? like spending all my time on this and my boss was probably just like the hell are you doing like what are you working on i just have this amp in in my <laughs> desk but and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I figured this out. And I bring it back, and uh, and I plug it in, like, outside because I didn't want anything to happen. I was really worried. <laughs> and, uh, and and it kind of, like, had a little bit of sound. I was like, oh, shit. So I was like, I must have, like, messed it up and switched around these power supplies and transistors because <laughs> mm -hmm. they look the same. So on the road to the gig, I was like, I had um, – I had it torn apart and like a screwdriver and I'm like the schematic like out yeah, like schematic. The, you know. <laughs> I got I'm like dipping like this like solder paste on there and just like 
putting it on this thing and i'm like okay this is gonna work and then we like get to the show and then we, he plugs it in and i like turn around and i'm like facing the sound guy like yeah it sound good and i'm like holy shit this thing is like smoking it looks like billowing a fog out it was just and i'm like unplug it, unplug it. <laughs> and i'm like oh god damn it and it exploded it was done yeah, it was tossed, i totally i totally Fucked it up, I guess. And it was on its way out. You know, so <laughs> so that, that I'm assuming it's a solid state amp. If it yeah, is. yeah. But uh, I had I, I had a similar thing happen to me with with um, this Reverend amp, and um, all it was was a wire had like I don't know, touched a capacitor or something. You probably know a little bit better than I would. But one of the wires touched a capacitor and it got hot and started smoking. But it smoked like crazy just because of that that wrapping on the wire. It's yeah. a ton of smoke. Um, so that was, I mean, that was like a quick, easy fix, but, uh, but, um, but like if you wouldn't know, yeah, like somebody's just, right. Like, oh, you just see all sorts of smoke yeah. all of a sudden you're like, Oh fuck, what the <laughs> hell's going on? Yeah. Right. Um, that's, it's funny that you're, you're on the way to the gig, like repairing yeah, the amp. I've changed, I've changed strings before, like on the way in, yeah. you know, in oh, the van yeah. on the way to a gig, but I've never. I've never Repaired heard of anyone. I've never heard of anyone like soldering an amp. Yeah, and just hoping was, when we plug it in that it'll work because right. we don't have like an electrical outlet to try. And, yeah. and the crazy thing is, like, we don't. We didn't have a big van. Like this is like, <laughs> like a mom's minivan that we're riding in, and there's like, like guitars just like poking into my side, and mm-hmm. I'm just like sitting here like this, like just no at light, the right just angle. barely trying to get this thing. Oh, this yeah. Is, <laughs> that was crazy. so who what wild. so what what did you use what did you use at the, at the gig i think he had to go direct yeah i went straight into the pa it oh. sounded pretty bad yeah oh. and all those like ballsy quote-unquote parts we're talking about we're not so ballsy though <laughs> it's the the amp was the key component you right. just need in the amp that's Ex- hilarious. exactly man. Yeah. that's hilarious <laughs> Better 
I mentioned that uh, the the Native Howl guys they invited me out to their studio to do to do the recording. Well, and <coughs> frankly, you, your description of the drive was made me feel a little sad for you because apparently <laughs> it was um, outside of an area where there were street lights and sidewalks, and um, you were scared out there in dude, the Great White North. Come on, give me a break! <laughs> give me a break! There's no, there are no street lights and sidewalks where I live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're still surrounded safely by suburbia. Well, oh and Jesus, trees. <laughs> where do you live again? <laughs> Quarter mile from the freeway, half oh, mile. Jesus, of course um, we would have sidewalks. But all right, you don't so get sidewalks in suburbia. They, they live, they live kind of out in out in the, or I don't know. If they they live do live there, north but, of north of Metro Detroit. Yeah, so their studio, their studios out in the country, and um, drive through like you know. I think it was like Rochester and then like all these really big houses that are kind of, you know, out away from things. And then all of a sudden- yeah, When they I'm talk just, about how much money there is in Oakland County, that's this is where, where it, it all is. is. Yeah, exactly. It's, that's it's, where it is. So then beyond that- <laughs> Beyond that. <laughs> beyond where all the money is. Um, Back out in um, in uh, meth country. <laughs> well, yeah. So I pull up to the, this place and, you know, as- as these things go, like recording studios, um, 
you know, rehearsal spaces. They tend to look a little shabby on the outside. Well, and I think by design, because well, yeah. you don't want people thinking like, oh, there's a lot of like, oh, really hello, yeah, there's stuff a in there fortune that I want to steal. really expensive, easily portable stuff in here to take to the pawn shop. Right, no, right. Want, I mean, yeah. <laughs> examples would be like, like the loft recording studio, which where we used to record is on a horse farm or Pearl Sound Studios, like the, it just looks like this big cinder block building from the outside. It doesn't look like anything. It actually looks like where the Department of Public Works has that one random pump station on the edge of town. Right. It doesn't even look, it doesn't, and that's by design. Right, but inside yeah. they, they like have this multi-million dollar studio. Yeah, this and, place where Filter recorded. I mean, yeah, but, or Eminem or, or Madonna or whoever. Their studio is really um, kind of inconspicuous. And... Um, were there chickens outside? <clears throat> no, there weren't chickens. Were there peacocks? Nope. No, no that, peacocks. That's the loft. Never mind. But I pull up and I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, is this the, is the <laughs> right place? I don't know. You know, because yeah, the problem with those shabby places, especially when you get like to the outskirts, mm-hmm. that might be the recording studio or it's a meth lab. And if it's a meth lab and you knock on the door, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to bury well, you in the backyard. That's the thing. I mean, I'm no not going to say, I'm not going to say I thought, am I pulling up to a meth lab? But I did think like, I mean, there's like, there's their studio. And then on one side, there's a house and there's another side, there's a house. And I'm like, I could just be walking up to some random person's house yeah. and just be like, Hey, <laughs> I'm here to record a podcast. <laughs> 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 you know, um, but uh, no, sure enough, um, it was the right place. And I'm going to say, based on the fact that I listened to a podcast you recorded in a building somewhere north of town, um, or I listened to the audio from the interview that oh, you yeah. did survive. I, yeah, and they and were there so really was a you know there really was a band there. Yeah, and they, I mean the studio's super Not cool. That bald dude from Breaking Bad, right? So. Their studio's super cool, and um, and they actually they built it themselves. And um, I believe the building used to belong to the the singer Alex's, Alex's dad, right? father. It was where he had his business. So, um, you know, it's totally legit. And they they customized this place, and you know, they built everything, and and it's really super cool. Um, so they you know they kind of talked to me a little bit about how they they built the studio, and um, and without blowing that story, there may have been. More enthusiasm than forethought to the financial <laughs> problems behind again that when as they these started. as these things as these because things go musicians yeah and that's how we roll and there's also a lot of weapons in there yeah I'm kind of I'm kind of disappointed <laughs> that I wasn't there I, I, I like me sharp pointy things you right know? so um, let's let's we'll cut in that the uh, that that bit of the the interview where they discuss the weapons and building of CAD studios. Uh, I've got a story about, um, building this place, I guess. And, um, it, it coincides with the start of the native howl, I think. Cool. Well, let's, let's, yeah. let's preface it by, um, cause uh, I mean, oftentimes when we record these, we, we record, um, down in my music school in Milford, but, um, you guys invited me out here. Mm-hmm. Is it? Is it CAD Studio or CAD Studio? Or? CAD. CAD. Clean as dirt. That's what we call it. <laughs> Clean as dirt, <laughs> yeah. which is your which is your recording studio slash rehearsal space slash. This is where you run your record label, correct? Yep. Yeah. Write music, really. Right. Yeah. Everything, yeah. really. We honestly. do everything here. This yeah. is just our you know safe haven. 
get right. drunk, Basically. like every just <laughs> and yeah, and you were guys, I mean, and, <laughs> and I d- unfortunately I didn't get all the great banter about like all the weapons <laughs> that are yeah, just sort of hanging okay. on the walls in, in this room, <laughs> and like all the random picture. the nunchucks and the swords, <laughs> and the, I'm sure there's some like throwing stars around here somewhere. Some of these well, you don't I even wouldn't know be their surprised, weapons. Honestly, I think yeah. I think there's at least three different swords yeah somewhere here <laughs> See, you know the horseshoe why why are there so why are there swords though Chuck's. alex he just ordered them when he was younger out of a catalog like i was saying earlier he was like 10 or i think like 10 or 11 he just ordered a bunch of weapons so Alex just likes weapons. He yeah. loves he loves his weapons. He's a weapons boy. Yeah. Just I mean, it, he's that's not an apartment you want to break into. No, it's no, it really isn't. You see that? State? I would never surprise him. No, I would not either. <laughs> he looks like a badass. Yeah. You know, he is a badass. Like that 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 uh, is it your is it your promo photo where you're all kind of standing there and he's holding a pistol, pointing yeah. it at the camera. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're like, right. I know. Like, right. And everyone's like, do we really want to do that? He's like, fuck it. <laughs> We're welcoming. You know, people see this like, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> so um so jake you were saying you got uh, so uh, we kind of went off on a tangent but we're here in you know a- at your studio and you guys so you built it like from the ground up or what uh it's actually it was alex's late father's um business okay it was operated out of here and uh and then what happened was like the room that is the the live room now uh, was just all storage and it was like filing cabinets and there was probably you know a hundred different types of mice in there yeah and uh and eventually we cleaned it or he cleaned it out i was i was away at college um and we weren't really a band yet but he cleaned it out and uh put a sofa in there a little desk and uh and just one microphone and a laptop and and that's that's how we recorded the revolution's dead which is the first EP, and it was just basically I came in here, and um, and me and him worked through these songs in like a week's time. We we just wrote and recorded this stuff with our other business partner Joe, and um, and then we put it out, and and it was pretty cool. Uh, but but the story is basically <clears throat> the revolutions that just came out, and we were I was like super excited to be part of a project like this, and um, and I was so pumped that that we actually had a place to record and then i like walk in one day and there's just a hole in the wall and i'm just like what the hell is this they're like oh we're expanding i'm like do you have any idea how much money that's gonna cost because they were both college students and like i i was working as an electrical engineer um so i was like god damn it like this you know (laughs) this is going to be so much money. We aren't going to be able to record or do anything in here for so long. And, but they, they were determined. And in the end it was a good idea, but, but basically I was like, all right guys, like I'll help you. And that's kind of how I became business partners of this because, Uh because they just ran out of money and and, uh, I had some money at the time. I don't anymore. Right place, right (laughs) time, right pocketbook. (laughs) Right. Just walked into the prison. I guess I'm the guy. There's a hole in the wall. Like you need me to fix that? No, no, they did a lot of the planning and a lot of the work along with a lot of our friends came through and helped and did work for free uh, for sure. But, 
But, like, basically, I lived all the way up in Midland, Michigan, which is, like, a two-hour drive to here. Yeah. And, and during that time of building and renovating this place, I I would, like, work a full day, and then I would drive two hours to here and work my ass off, and then drive two hours back. Oh, my gosh. And, and just be, like... On four hours of sleep, just like walking through a chemical plant because I worked at Dow Chemical, (laughs) and just like this is not safe. And I just remember one time going there, and it it had been like it was in the heart of of all the renovations, and we were working our asses off. It was in the middle of summer, sweating. I was probably smelled so bad at work, but like I just like I went up there, and they were like, "Oh, you need to go look at how this." wiring is routed up there and i was like i i had one of those moments where you just come come to the realization that you actually are going crazy (laughs) you know like you're just like all right i mean i i'm an officially a crazy person because i had like a clean suit on and i'm like crawling through the attic of like (laughs) a test facility like with a flashlight looking for like places to route wires and then just like right after that, taking that off and driving down here and doing the same thing in the attic here, basically. And then I'm like, I, I wanted to be a musician, but I guess. <laughs> but eventually we made it through and now we have this place and uh, I think it was a good thing. Yeah. I, in in You guys gave me kind of a quick little tour and uh, everything looks cool and um and we, we had told a story, I mean, so our listeners will probably know about this, but we had told a story on a previous episode where um, w- w- the band that Jason and I were in, um, we had shared a rehearsal space with a friend and they had built, you know, this rehearsal space in their, in their garage, like a room right. within a room and we got locked in there. Oh, <laughs> and that's like, that's the kind of <laughs> shit that <laughs> normally happens when you build your own, you know, when you build your own rehearsal <laughs> yeah, space right. or, or or uh or practice studio but it sounds like you guys i mean you're an electrical engineer by trade so. <laughs> alex still went through the drywall and at one point alex yeah. just he just literally he uh he jumped through the drywall well <laughs> there's it, a video if, somewhere if I'm anyone's like, interested yeah the actual like we we made a music video out of the demolition yeah. of the old building <laughs> yeah and it's uh it's for alex's old band alex and our drummer josh's old band clean as dirt uh-huh um, and everybody's in it. Basically, like, yeah. Uh, everybody in the house is still uh, in it, too. I think it's Cloud of Catastrophe. It's Cloud of Catastrophe, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you can look at, like, we're all just, like, ripping down ceiling tiles <laughs> and smashing them. And then, like, I don't know what was in those ceiling tiles, but I thought I was going to die after Oh, the it. dust and all? Yeah, like, yeah. I had to go outside and lay down. I'm like, that is not good for your life. Right. <laughs> Asbestos. <laughs> yeah, you know. There might be. There's cotton. Probably didn't affect you right away, but, you know. <laughs> Over time, it's one of those things that, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna kill me in the end. Yeah, we're like, whatever, feeling good now. So, <laughs> right, <laughs> such is the day and age we live in. What we do yeah. for music videos, yeah, is a little um, bit crazy right now. Oh, yeah, wait till you wait till you see the new one. We, <laughs> we did some wild so, stuff. All right, well, on that, so you guys, you, you, you told you mentioned that you, you do, you did a new music video, so. Um, I, can you share any info, like what's the, the song that the video is for, or like when it's going to come out, or anything like that? 
So okay. I think we can dive into the concept a you little bit. Yeah. yeah, I think basically, uh, like it's well, the song is "Into the Darkness," and the idea for the video. Hopefully, we can get this across in a way that people actually can comprehend and not just think that there's a bunch of random stuff going on. But uh, we we all have our own settings, and basically, we're all moving into our own respective darknesses. Uh-huh. Basically, um, uh, like one is like the system. And one is um, greed, greed or vanity, and another one drugs, uh, partying, drugs, partying, fame, all that kind of stuff. The other one's music, slave. Yeah, and music. the other one is yeah, be, basically being a slave to like the the music or the music industry or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, maybe yeah. the thing be, you or, love most, or but... really being tied to anything. Is, yeah. is really what okay. it is. Yeah, cool. And when is it? When is it going to come out? Hopefully, I mean, hopefully in the next few weeks at the latest. It, I mean, it'll be out. It, so sometime, sometime in May, maybe June is what you're. Yeah, May for sure. I think that's okay. the plan is May. Um, yeah, the, I don't want to say for sure, but the yeah, plan is May. The tentative plan right now, like I said, it's being edited, and um, should you know, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. So. I want to. I want to thank you guys for for doing the podcast and uh, inviting me out here and and giving me beer. Um, Dude, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, it's very yeah. fun. You're a cool guy. Yeah. yeah well, so. Um, for our listeners, you know, definitely check out what's the the new video. What's the song? Again? Into the darkness. Into the darkness. And um, you guys playing anywhere in the next month or so that you want to play New Dodge? Um, yeah, we are playing New Dodge. I forgot about that. Yeah, May eighteenth at New Dodge. It's a Thursday night. It's a thrash festival, which is a bit different for us. But you know, we usually will play with. Uh, you know, a lot of different genres, but this is, I think, the first one where we're really playing with all metal bands from out of state, and it's just a big thrash metal festival. Yep. So Nice. And then also, on the other half of that, we're doing a, a, more of a bluegrass set at uh, the Ark in Ann Arbor mm-hmm. on June 1st, as well as, uh, like Clavin we said... Goods album release. Yep, yep. yep. And then uh, Out of Ways in September, uh, Stone Metal of Doom Fest... And, Omaha, um, Nebraska. Nor'easter Festival in June yeah. as Excellent. well. Excellent, yeah. Which Excellent. is going to be cool. Yep. Um, Currents Music Festival in, in June. Yeah, in um, Milford, yep. Bridge Jam the in Bridge West Jam Virginia in, in September. Uh, yeah, yep. And then also there's something called the Blueberry Jam Festival out in Wisconsin. Um, yep. So, cool. So yeah, you guys are going to have a busy, busy summer. Yeah. Um, We're hoping, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, again, um, Chandler, Jake, Thanks for taking time to do mm. the podcast. Thank you. And uh, thanks. And hopefully you guys will have an uneventful touring schedule and you won't have crazy stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. We shall see. So there you have it. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Rock and Roll Refugees Podcast. I want to thank the guys from the Native Howl uh, for sharing their stories and, and talking about uh, their band. Um, here's the part where we beg you, we beg you to follow us on Twitter and subscribe to the podcast. Um, Twitter is at RNR Refugees Pod. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or on Stitcher. Um, and if you are listening to this and you want to tell a story, uh, send us an email, rnrrefugeespod at gmail.com. Com. That's it. That's going to do it for this episode. I'm John. I'm Jason. Not Odorous Arungus. That's Jason. See you.